2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. And the word says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that worth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. And if you would pray with me here today, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the word. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We know that times are not always easy, Lord, but even in the difficult times, we will praise you, we will worship you, we will reach for the lost, we will call on your name, Lord, and we will not forget, Lord. We, do, we don't want to be, Lord, like that, the, the people that forgot about you, Lord. We want to remember you always and put it in our hearts, oh God. Let this word today, Lord God, remind us, Lord, of what it is to be suffering, that what it is to be a part of the ministry, what it is to be part of the kingdom of God. And Lord, let us sow into ourselves, O oh God, the goodness that you have bestowed unto us, Lord, the blessing that you have poured down to us, Lord, that even, Lord God, in this world, Lord, that seems to be twisted and contorted, Lord, you can still, Lord, move in the midst of this place. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I want to give honor to Pastor. Thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing me to be here today, but also for all you that are here. You are all partakers of what is happening here today. Praise the Lord. In my job, I am, am someone, I, and some of you already know that I, I train and I educate people in, in things of fitness and so forth. But in this particular time, I, I've been given a job to encourage people. And uh, it's only, it's like 30 minutes. I got to converse with them. And it's whatever topic it is, but last week the topic was of health, uh, healthy eating habits, uh, how to perhaps lose weight, uh, things to support them in, in, you know, just give them that encouragement. And a lot of times the questions that come are not usually uh, particularly from the person themselves, but it's for someone else. If a man asks, he says, I'm asking for my wife. If a woman asks, I'm asking for my husband. And rarely do I get someone saying, I'm asking for my friend. Because it's, not for, it's, it's really for themselves. But in doing so, this particular last one, I was uh, talking about uh, nutrition. I, was, I went into the, uh, the topic of speaking on the part of my vitamins and minerals where we don't really get the chance to take in as much as we should because we live busy lives. We're always up and down. We have places to go. And a lot of times, most of us are probably familiar with fast foods. And these fast foods, obviously, at times don't contain everything that is necessary. So I always say I can't stress enough the importance of taking in at least some of what is required. I'll usually tell them to eat a mix of fruits and vegetables so they get some, you know, a, a nice mix in there. Because I want to kind of just put a picture in your head that... You can, I was going to bring an orange up here with me, and I didn't. <clears throat> but an orange is basically, it's, it's, it's a fruit. And so is an apple. 
And God created all of them. Everything that is good that we eat is good. And we look at it as just fruit, but I want you to think of it just a little bit differently here today. Think of it as stored energy. That's what it is. If you consume it, it's going to do its part. If you don't consume it, it's still going to do its part. It's going to rot, and it's going to go back to the earth. Any moisture that was in it is going to go back into the atmosphere, and it's going to have, it's what you would say, its circle of life. God made these things for us. As we eat them, our body begins to respond to them based on what's in them. What we eat is basically what keeps us going. Fruits and vegetables can be better seen as, as I said, or stored energy. Now, the question is, if I'm not taking in enough, this is part of my, the class that I was giving. If you're not taking enough of what you need, then the body can't do its part for you. And vitamins and minerals help the body release energy versus if, uh, if, if you have, and I'm going to say it like this, you can have certain minerals, you have certain things in you, vitamins and minerals, but if you don't have something to release the other or uh, cooperate with it, it does nothing. It just sits there. And this is where the mixing of vegetables and fruits comes to play. We want to mix it up. And I'm going some, somewhere with this. Consumed, as I mentioned earlier, earlier, things can rot or you can take them in. It can be used for good and not necessarily bad because fruit is all good. But I guess you could hit somebody with it and it would be bad. Now, with that say, I, I want to convince you and I want to use uh, some information based on biblical events that how fruits and vegetables do make the difference in our lives. Most of us know the story of Nebuchadnezzar. We know that he besieged Jerusalem, and in the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse 6, we find that Daniel was captive. Now, among them, it, the Bible says, the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, these are the ones that we, should, we know as Meshach, Rachach, and Abednego. But in Daniel 1, 8, the Bible says that Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, I'm not here to tell you that food is bad. I'm not here to tell you that. What I'm saying, when I, the point I wanted to point here is that Daniel made a choice to not eat certain things that would not bring glory to God. Not consume them. Not partake of them. It was important in the eyes of God. And here's what happens. The, the Bible says in Daniel verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, Now God had brought Daniel in favor with, it says, and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And all I could imagine was here that this man was probably a grown man, and he saw Daniel, and he probably thought and saw him as a son. And he says that, the, and the Bible says that he, he spoke to this man, and he says, I but the man then said, and the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. So here he's cutting to the chase. He says, listen, if you don't eat this meat and if you don't drink this wine, which I have provided for you, I'm going to be in trouble. You're going to look bad in my behalf. But then in Daniel 1, 11, 
Then said Daniel to Melzar, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> whom the prince of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, said over Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. A challenge was put up in a sense, but not necessarily for Daniel. Daniel knew the God that he served. He knew that what he was doing was to glorify God, glorify God and give God praise in his own temple, in his own vessel, in the way he lived. He knew the commandments of the Lord. He knew what was given to him, and he wanted to abide by them. Vegetables and waters, that is what he asked for. He didn't ask for anything else. Everything that was being offered to him by the eunuch was not according to what was required of him by God. He knew his place and what he's supposed to do. And I just, he knew when, when to say no and deny the desires of the flesh. Even when he could have made the excuse, this is what they were serving. What am I supposed to do? I'm just going to eat it. But he chose not to enjoy these things. Not for the benefit of himself, and remember, but even for the others that in a later time would need an assistant, that would need a God to answer the prayers of someone who would say, I will not partake of that, but I will partake of the fruit of his conviction to obey God's word and what was taught to him. Conviction is what draws us closer to God if our conviction is, <clears throat> excuse me, biblical. If it is according to God's will, then slowly and surely our conviction draws us to the altar. It'll draw us to God's word, and it'll also at times break us. The breaking is not a bad thing. It is a suffering. It is a, uh, a drawing of God, God's spirit to us. Daniel's desire to please God was beyond the understanding of those who would, thank you, would love, those who would, oh, I'm sorry, would know the one true God. His fear and love for the one true God was true every step of the way. There was not a moment where he, he doubted. You don't find anywhere in scripture where Daniel's uh, kind of felt, and no, he always stayed, and I'm going to say it like this, as some of us uh, would know, <clears throat> he stayed in the game. He didn't step out of it. He knew what, was, what his commitment was supposed to be, and wholeheartedly he did. Daniel goes on to challenge uh, Melzar, who is overseeing him. And he says, hey, look, give us this for about 10 days. And, and then after that, he says it just like this. Compare them to me. And he says, he says, look over their, their countenance, meaning the appearance, which appears to those others. And there were, these people obviously were consuming the king's meat. This is Daniel 1, 13, 17. Then let our countenance be looked upon there before the and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, dealest, deal with thy servants. In, in other words, hey, you know what? If this looks bad, then I will eat the meat. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them 10 days. That's a long time to wait if you ask me to eat something and wait and, and not expect, you know, this, this could be going bad for these guys. This is the guy that's in charge of them. And, and if, he, if the king calls for them at all and they look like they're depressed and, and maybe they've got black marks around their eyes because it looks like they haven't slept because of nutrition, malnutrition, 
it would cost him his life. But in verse 15, it says, and at the end of 10 days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Everyone say fatter. Fatter is not bad. Not according to the word. We also have in the Old Testament where he says that the fat belongs to the Lord. The fat belongs to the Lord. So don't fear the fat. It's not bad. If you look full, you look healthy, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. But in verse 16, thus Melsar took away the portion of the meat. He says, you guys are looking great. I'm going to take this meat, the wine that you should drink. And he gave them pulse. He continued to give them pulse. And pulse here, it talks about seed. And, and uh, the only thing that I could come up with, because the Bible talks about uh, in the lexicon, it's, it says vegetables. And I can only think mixed vegetables, but it also says that that yields seed. And fruits are also yielding seeds. So I can imagine that there was a mix of fruits in, and vegetables, and they ate this, and they were better looking. And still they had fat on them, which is good. Praise the Lord. And it says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams, simply because he denied the things that were, uh, uh, you know, of, uh, of the king. Uh, just, I can't eat that. But should he have begun to eat those things that would have started to make him look not as healthy, not as fat, what would have happened to the mind of, of Daniel and perhaps spiritually affected as well then all of a sudden anxiety might even set in I didn't do what God had asked me to do and I think more, most of us can can down ourselves at times and say you know what I wasn't doing what God was telling me to do and you feel like you're down deep in the depths of I should say in a hole buried and somebody's poured sand over you can't get it off of you but praise God, God allows us to bring ourselves out of that place and recognize that even in our failures, even in our brokenness, even in our human state, God allows us to rise up. If we say, God, I give my life to you. I repent of this thing. I'm up here talking to you because I've been through this. And I'm sharing this because I've been through this. It's not easy to... To all of a sudden say, you know what, I've done all these things, and, and God, I, I, I was wrong? Yeah, you were wrong. Okay. And I accept that fact. And I, th I, fact. And I think uh, it's important to, um, to acknowledge that when we are at fault, and I'm saying our fault, that we take hold of that and seek God. Verse 20, and in all matters of wisdom, understanding, the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Nobody that, uh, those that were, so in other words, those that were impressive, those were, that people thought highly of, those that were set aside for this particular one, those who could read the stars, those, those were not as great as Daniel. The fruit of Daniel's obedience and sacrificial willingness to serve God would not stop, stop at the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. His testimony and prophetic words, the, the words of Daniel, would find its way out into written scrolls. Then it even would be, would be testified into the world. 
and not only testify to the world, but to kings that would be coming and learn of what was said about them. Because he was a partaker of the fruits. It was a sacrificial partaking. It was a, and I know most of us will say, well, he probably got used to it. But how many of us would say, you know what? I'm not going to eat anything but vegetables for about 10 days. And then, you know what? After 10 days, when I look great, I'm going to keep going that way. We want our meat. We like steak, chicken, fish. But here it says vegetables, things that give seed, only that, nothing more. And yet he had fat on them. Praise God. His fruit was even there in the time of, at the time of captivity. He would endure not only his own thoughts and will, but by the word and the covenant that he knew is what he lived by. This is Daniel. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, which we've already touched base on, the husband meant that laboreth, must be first partakers of the fruits. Now, this doesn't mean that you must suffer first. doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean that you are going to go through some suffering. Suffering. And we want to accept that fact. That you will, go, you will come and go through the suffering. There will be hard times. But our faith and trust in God to handle it will bring us out. If we hold on to the truths of God. If we hold on to the faith that has been taught to us. And, there's, and, and here this. Timothy chapter. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 8 through 9. But. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is Paul talking to Timothy. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Your desire to change for God is going to bring some unwelcome company. How about I say that? But then he says, again, I'll repeat but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. How many of you know that God gave us this before the world began? I didn't know this, but I do know now. I know that he created the heavens and the earth. But now there's something greater for me to, to, to set my eyes upon and my heart upon the things of God. Praise the Lord. Now in chapter 2, the holy calling that Paul mentions is depicted a bit more in chapter 2. What is the holy calling and how is he seen by others? And this is the, the point. He says, one interesting point he makes is in Tim, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 9-10. I'm sorry. Where Paul says, in wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Now, I don't recollect Paul preaching the gospel as an evildoer. But that's the eyes they were giving him as an evildoer. Because you preach the gospel because you're doing this, you're an evildoer. You're bringing division between us and the people that you're preaching to. Even unto bonds, he was in jail. But this is it. But the word of God is not bound it's not bound. The word, how many of you are glad that the word of God continues to go, continues to flow? If you begin to speak God's word, the ears of those listening, it will fall in there. It won't fall on deaf ears. They will hear it and they will either get convicted by it or they'll say, they'll start to ask you questions. And whatever it is that God does with them, they may go home and open up a Bible and look for that scripture 
And then all of a sudden you have somebody showing up and looking for someone or for something that they didn't know existed. From prison, we sit in a church right now. We have the freedom to go give the word freely. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. Here's Paul's doing this for the elect's sake. He's, he does, it's not blind. It's, it's for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He states that he is, he is seen as someone doing evil. Therefore, in prison, held against his own will because of what he is preaching. But nonetheless, Paul preaches, as I said earlier, he preaches because there's people out there that are going to come to the faith if we continue to preach no matter where we are. There are people out there that are the elect. A lot of times we look at ourselves and we say that we are the elect. I'm not denying that. But there are people out there that are also the elect, people of God that have not yet come to the faith. They need to be reached. But if we buckle because of the outside and inside pressures of the church, they will never be reached. And we can break out. We can step out. And I know pastor's been talking about this. Well, we need to break out of this. That is that we are, uh, you know, that it's got to be something different. It's got to be something different. Going out into the park, that's something different. It tested my faith. It tested my walk. And that's a good thing. And sometimes the, the, the pressures can be a bit extreme, but greater the pressure, the greater the victory. The more afraid you are, the easier it's going to be later on because all of a sudden you begin to build this stamina. And the stamina comes by the Spirit of God. It's not by your, by your own. All of a sudden, you're, where you used to feel uncomfortable, you feel comfortable. God, I can speak to this individual. I can give them Jesus. I can... I can just talk about the things that God has done for me. The things that I have gone through. God, I can share that with them. Good, share that with them. And bring them to the house. 2 Timothy again, 2.6. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partakers of the first fruits. Partakers of the fruit is not only pain. There is victory and progress if you partake of it. But if you don't partake of it, then you can't either take either part of either one. The first partaken may many of us have already uh, taken hold of is peace. We have seeked the Lord out. The Lord has, has found us. We were lost and we understand the cross. We understand Jesus died for our sins. We understand that he is the savior of the world. And we under, also understand that we come to him every day to his throne of glory. And he is good to forgive us. And he gives us peace. The peace of God as we declare it to the world through our testimony to those that we love and care for. And as we grow, we will extend it to others that we don't know. It may happen even the other way around. To God be the glory. You planned it one way, but God said not that way, this way. And this is why we yield to the Spirit. Lord, your way, your will be done, not mine. And God will have his way. In verse 12, uh, it says, And if we suffer, we shall reign with him. But if you deny him, he will deny you. And I think we know what this means. Is we have to declare the things of the Lord. 
And in denying who he is and who we live for, I think we also understand the repercussions or the uh, damage that comes with that. But in understanding that, we also know that if we give our lives uh, to the Lord, then we can be freed from damage or, or, or from pain or from death. And uh, as I think many of us have experienced that already, we, we know what it feels like to lose someone. But we also know what it feels to gain someone to the kingdom. There's, there's something great that comes from that. There's a, there's a heartwarming feeling when you come and you talk to someone and God is taking you somewhere to a divine appointment and you begin to share the gospel and the person makes the decision to follow Christ. Not because you did it on your own, but because there's a word that you live by and there's an obedience to God's word and you, you don't deny it. But if you don't give them word, they may not come. Because it's no longer the word, it's you. They're going to come because they like you. Don't let them come because they like you only. Let them come because they like how you are. How many of us have had people tell us, I like the way you are. There's something about you. And I want to hang out with you. Can, can we go have lunch together? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was at the, uh, I shared this yesterday. I was at a, you know, our, 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 um, our involvement is, is a lot of times greater than, than we expect it. But that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. There's a man on the outside, uh, and I don't know if you guys ever met him. Maybe somebody's been through there. At the corner of uh, Six Mile Cypress and where BJ's is at. And he's, he's an older gentleman. He's out there, and he's, he's walking around with a sign, and he's asking for money. And I remember saying that I'm not going to give them any money because I know what they use it for. But I rode down the window, and I can tell this man has been drinking. Now, I can choose to give him the money and let him buy what he wants and, um, and, and see what happens. But, uh, or I can say to myself, you know what, I'm not going to give him anything. I know what he's going to use it for. But then what spirit is in me when I'm saying that? Perhaps he does need a meal to eat, and I'm just overthinking this. So I pull out some money, and I give it to him, and he says, can I pray for you? And I said to him, yes. And so he grabs me by the arm, and he puts his head up, and he looks to the sky, and the light's red, and I'm thinking, once this light turns green, it's, gonna be a, it's not going to be a pretty picture. So I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Bob. I said, let me pray for you, Bob. So I put my arm around him, and I said, God... Bless him with this that I have given him. Let him, Lord, come out of where he is. Let him find you. Lord, bless his heart, Lord. Let him grow. Lord, let him seek your truth. Let him seek, you know, all that is good. You know, so I just kind of pour into him. And he opens his eyes and he doesn't know what to say. And I said, in Jesus' name. I don't know what happened to him after that. But he walked away with $5. And he walked away with a prayer. In the same way, we reach out to people that we don't know. I don't know this man from, I may never see him again. And there are some people that I've never seen, I've never seen again. But you may be the last hope. You may be the last voice they ever hear. That they may shut their eyes that night and nobody ever remember them. We are to be partakers. There's a suffering that comes in. Sometimes it costs you $5. 
But $5 is nothing compared to what happens to the heart and the soul of that individual that desires to seek God in that moment in time. And then makes the decision to where is your church? Can you come pick me up? Could you come over here and pray with me one more time and bring $5 more? Absolutely, I will. And I would do that if he had said that, but he didn't say that. 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And in this particular one, iniquity is something from, uh, I would call it in not doing that part that God has asked us to do at that moment. But in verse 20, but in great, in a great house, there are not only vessels of, of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earthen and some of honor and some of to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And then we have flee from youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace within the call on the Lord out of a pure heart. This man looking up to the sky, I think he was trying to pray for me. But he couldn't think because he was still caught up in that which he was in the, past, in the day past. But even so, I know I what to pray for. God, help him. Help him. He, I, I kind of saw him like the man who, who beat his heart in his chest and said, Lord, forgive me for I am a sinner. He couldn't say anything. We pray for him. To be partaker, there's a continued preparation process because we continue to grow. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 verse, and through 26, it says, The foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strife, meaning that they bring up problems. They generate problems. There's some things that, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but let's not worry about it. Here's what I do know, that Jesus lives, and he wants to save you. Isn't that more easier and simple than to say, well, uh, let me talk to you about certain things. It's important to get into the things a little bit deeper, uh, but... There has to be a learning process that comes from that. As, and this is, and as a servant of the Lord must not, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. In other words, those that say, hey, you know what? This is not for me. That's okay. I had a woman tell me that this week. I said, hey, you know what? What's your nationality? And she gave me her nationality. I said, praise God. I said, I'm going to bring you a, a card. I want to invite you to church. I want you to invite you to serve. She goes, oh, no, don't bring it. And I said, no. She goes, no, I won't go. And I felt a certain way. And, and she walked around the corner, and I ended up going around the corner shortly after that because I was working with my client, and he was, uh, I rolled him into where he needed to be, and I put him in his vehicle. And, uh, and I saw her again. I believe that God put her there for that reason. I said, I want to share with you. So do you believe in the one true God? Oh, yes, I believe in the one true God. I said, praise the Lord. I said, the Bible says not to forsake the assemblies of ourselves. So I'd like to invite you. And she looked at me, and she didn't say nothing, but it was almost as if she wanted. I said, I'm going to bring you the card anyway, and I'm going to give it to you, and you make the decision if you want to come or throw it away. We give them that opportunity. We give, I, I've given people... Uh, information, but I've never given them a card every single time. And it, then now it dawns on me, if they don't have an address, they can't come. 
give them an address and they will find the place. So we are to, in meekness and instructing those to oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now I want to make this very clear. He says that the devil will take them at his will. It's not talking about their will. It's talking about his will. So God has given the devil the will, just like he did with Job, to hurt him, but not kill him. And so all those boils, nowhere does the Bible say that the Lord said, well, let the boils appear. That was Satan. He did that. So let us be aware of that. Believe that God can use any person, especially the one that you least expect, to bring someone to the love of God and that person may be, even be your family, member, your family member. But if you cut God off at the legs, then he can't do that for you, can he? We don't want to doubt. We, wanna, we, we should want to believe that everyone that walks in the door, no matter how long they've been here, if they've decided to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and even some that have not yet been baptized and claim to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you give them the teaching of what, uh, what Peter did to Cornelius. Listen, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but you know what? There's a little bit more work for you, and that's the baptism in Jesus' name. I came across a scripture this past week, actually yesterday, where the Bible says that Jesus said something very interesting. He said that he, and I, don't, I, I wish I had it. It's, it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's not in my pocket. But he is saying this. He said, I can't, it's almost, he's thinking, I can't wait till this be accomplished. He was talking about his baptism. He was talking about, I can't wait because once this is, this is accomplished, it, the, the work moves forward. There is a need for baptism. And the Bible tells us it's for the cleansing of our sins. We must repent of them. And we must also trust and believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Yes, it, the, it, the baptism and the repentance, it saves us. But again, I've also talked about where the Bible tells us that we grow from glory to glory. So in this place, as we grow from glory to glory, it is a growth of ourselves it to, in the eyes of God and not of man, so that when he comes back, we have prepared ourselves for that moment. Praise the Lord. If you're at a point in your life where you feel that there's no longer, there's, there's, a, there's a fire being, or the fire's been put out, I'm going to ask you to, to pray. And if, if it's okay, I'm, I'm going to pray right now. Because I stand here with you today, and at one point that fire went out. And there was a fear inside of me. Now, I'm not saying I didn't feel the presence of the Lord. I felt the presence of the Lord. I knew he was in the midst. But the fire to go reach the lost had died. There was death in it. And I began to seek God's face. And I said, God, help me with this. And he did. There's a fire within me right now. And I, may, I know I may not be showing it. But that if, if I step out into a place right now, and if, if I was to put in the presence of people and I began to talk to them, and all of a sudden God moved me, I would move into that because I have a desire to bring people to the kingdom as, it, and as if I was when I was first uh, given my life to the Lord. Not that it didn't happen, and I'm not talking about something recent. 
I've been, dri- I've been driven. It was something that happened momentarily, but it happens slowly. It doesn't happen all at once. So if you would pray for me, or, or for me and with me, for yourself and for those others that are out there that you see and you say, no, there's a fire that, that you can't see anymore and you'd like to see that fire. Or perhaps the fire is there, but is being uh, somehow put out for, by something or someone. And uh, we know that the power of God is able to release and deliver and redeem. And this is what I want to pray right now. Lord, I know that you are power, Lord. Your, your power is great, Lord. I, Lord, I pray for every heart and every soul here today, Lord. Lord, I have experienced the fire that went out in me at one point. I know that you've given us the, the spirit of love, Lord God. And you've given us the desire, Lord, to, to seek, Lord, salvation, not only for ourselves, but for others. But this fire, Lord, that went out in one time, Lord, I don't know what happened to it. But I know that I was crying out to you, God. And when that fire went out, Lord, there was a di- desire in my heart to reach the lost. There was a desire, Lord, to reach those who, mighty God, you had brought to light, Lord. You brought every thought to my mind you made me aware Lord God of the things that I had once been doing and you drew me out of that darkness into your marvelous light Lord that I may Lord God be a glory unto you Lord but not only me Lord I pray for my brothers and my sisters right now Lord I pray for the church mighty God as you move in the midst here today Lord there is a reason Lord you have a purpose for every heart you have a purpose for every mind Lord it doesn't matter how old they are it doesn't matter how young they are Lord from the eldest to the youngest oh God I pray for every single heart right now Lord move in them Lord stir the Lord God we pray as as Paul said stir the gift within you Lord Lord within them Lord that which was put in them Lord by the laying of hands on them Lord let them remember when someone laid hands on them Lord that something that had moved in their hearts Lord that there was a desire mighty God to serve you that there was a desire Lord to praise you that when everyone looked oh God they didn't care they didn't care of what those were those that there was those on seers oh god their mind was made up their heart was a desire for you to give you praise to give you honor oh god they lord had decided at that moment in time to be partakers but today i pray for them lord i pray for myself right now oh god lord we seek lord to be partakers oh god of that good thing that you have given us lord the suffering lord we know it's not going to stop lord god until you come back for your for your people lord we will hold our ground Lord the faith that you have bestowed unto us Lord the one that the apostles have preached unto us continually God Lord it's not going to fade it's not going to shed its eyes on us oh God because you are the light Lord thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee oh God that I may be a pleasing Lord vessel unto you Lord make us Lord Jesus cleanse us oh God with your spirit oh God Lord we have been filled Lord God continually by you Lord your word never stops Lord it never stops and for that Lord we praise you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth we praise you today Lord hallelujah you tell us to lift holy hands oh God holy hands every man Lord oh we know it also refers to women oh God we lift our hands unto you with praise our hearts oh God as you see our hearts Lord you purify so God oh Lord Jesus and we thank you our glory and honor goes unto you Jesus mighty God blessed be would you clap your hands unto the Lord one time right now Lord you are good to us Lord you are faithful Lord even when even when we weren't faithful you were still you were still faithful Lord you didn't deny yourself unto us 
And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Musicians, if you would join me on the platform. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know I, st I spoke. Woo, praise the Lord. I spoke about the um, stirring up the gifts within us. God, stir up the gift within us. We need to stir up the gift, the gift within us also when we're together as brothers and sisters. How many of us have come to the house of God and say, you know what happened to me yesterday? I got to share something with you. And then that person will begin to rejoice with you. And all of a sudden there's a joy. You know what? I'm going to share one right now that I remembered of some time ago. Sister Allie shared of a woman, if you guys recollect, that was wanting prayer and God healed her. And as, as she was still standing here, they say, they're letting me go home. And I began to dance in this place because I was rejoicing with something that the church had done and the healing had taken place. And I know that goes far back, but it's a good thing when someone is doing something and someone's calling out to God. Listen, I know that you know who God is. Will you pray for me? Will you ask your church to pray for me? Will you be, all I'm asking you is say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a partaker of that. I'm going to be a partaker of that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached from the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God setteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of, of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in the unmen's, another man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. If you would stand to your feet today and you would sing with us, be the partakers of these fruits that God has for you. Not all the fruits are, are, are comforting. Some of them are painful, but it's a good pain. Amen. Let's sing unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. 